Okay, good morning. We're going to continue. We thought we ended yesterday the first half of the laws of the Yom Kippur service with the incense that was brought in the Kodesh HaKadosh, the Holy of Holies. After that, the next step of the process was the sprinkling of bloods. So let's talk about that. Sounds pretty dramatic. Sprinkling of bloods. <laughs> let's talk about the sprinkling of the blood that happened. So we, we already established that before the Kohen Gadol went into the Holy of Holies with the incense, he had slaughtered his own bull that was his own private animal, upon which he had made two confessions. One confession was for him and his family. The second confession was for his family and for all the, no, all the priests, all the Kohanim. All the Kohanim. We'll get to the community soon. So then he slaughtered. He gave it, the blood was given to a Kohen with a special bowl that didn't have a bottom. He was you know, shaking the blood, it shouldn't congeal. So when he came out of the, out of the Kodesh Kedoshim, with the Ktores, the incense, this Kohen was waiting there with the bowl of blood. And then he would go back into the Holy of Holies a second time. And he sprinkled the blood a total of eight times. One time above, and then seven times below. And in order to make sure you wouldn't miscount, no one is only counting one, and then you're counting down. So you might go one, two, three. By mistake, instead of counting one, and then one, two, three. So in order you shouldn't make a mistake, you'll see if you pay attention during the Yom Kippur service, the way you would count would be achas, one, then achas ve'yachas, achas one and one, one and two, one and three, one and four, one and five, one and six, one and seven. In order he wouldn't make a mistake, and do a total of seven instead of a total of one plus seven. Okay? So there was one sprinkling of the blood. It was almost his finger. Put his finger into the blood, sprinkle it up, one time up, then seven times below the, uh, the uh, poles of the Aaron, of the Ark. He would then go back outside the Kodesh Kedashim, and there was the sin offering. Remember, there was two goats. We talked about that also. He already had done a lot between the two goats, one for Hashem, one for the Azazah. So he went back now to the goat of the uh, the, the, the sin offering for Hashem and he would slaughter it and he would take the blood of that goat he would go back into the Kodesh HaKadoshim a third time now and sprinkle the blood the same one above, seven below that he had just done for the blood of his own bull he now did for the blood of the goat that belonged to the community the sin offering of the community okay? he then went outside of the Kodesh HaKadoshim he took the blood of his bull and sprinkled it on the parochas, on the curtain that separated in between the Kodesh and the Kodesh Kadashim. So before he was standing behind, you know, the curtain was behind him. He was inside the actual Holy of Holies facing the Ark. Or in the times of the second base of Miglitzim, there was no Ark facing the stone, the Evan Hashasiah, the rock that was there in the place of the Ark. Now he's standing outside of the Holy of Holies facing the curtain in between the Holy and Holy of Holies. And on that curtain, in between the place where the rods protruded, so he knew he was facing directly the Aron Kodesh. We've explained before, the rods protruded slightly. So you could see the indentation in the curtain where the rods were, uh, the poles of the Aron. And he again sprinkled the blood of his bull eight times, one above, seven below. He then went took the blood of the goat that he had slaughtered, the sin offering of the community, and he sprinkled that on the curtain of the Kodesh Kadashim. Once above, seven below. And then the Torah says, V'yatsa, the Torah says he went out from the uh, ark. Now, V'yatsa el ha-mezbeach, it says in the Torah, he went out to the Mizbeach. Now, he, when he went out, he was already in the room where the Mizbeach was, the golden altar. 
but rather it means he went outside. Okay, let me try to explain this verbally. So the, when you're standing facing the curtain of the Aron, of the Holy Holies, you're facing which direction? West, right? You're facing west. That's how you walked in. The, the Kodesh Kodesh was on the west end of the building of the Kodesh. So behind you is the golden altar. He walked away from the curtains, meaning he's walking east now, to the eastern side, the northeast corner of the Mizbeach, the golden altar. Which means, when the Torah says, mm-hmm. He went out to the Mizbeach before Hashem, and he atoned upon this Mizbeach, and he took the combination, he mixed together the blood of his bull and the blood of his goat, and he put them on the four corners of the golden altar. That means he was still in the same room. He didn't leave the room. He was in the room of the Kodesh, of the sanctuary, the room that had the menorah, the altar, and the table. But he went out, meaning he left from being on the west side of the altar, right next to the Kodesh HaKadoshim. He went to the northeast corner, meaning he walked further away. He's on the, he started on the northeast corner, which is the furthest corner from the, from the Aram. That's how we know. How do we know which corner he started from? It wasn't too confusing. How do we know which corner? The four corners. How do we know which corner he started from? Because as he went out, he started on the northeast corner. He went around, did all four corners. And then uh, after he did that, he then went on to the outer altar. He went to the Mizbeach outside. And there he sprinkled seven times. Um, he cleaned out an area. And he sprinkled seven times the blood that was there. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That was on the inner altar. That was all on the golden altar. And then he went out to the outer altar and he spilled out whatever blood was left by the base of the, it was called the Yisod, by the, by, the, by, the, by the foundation of the outer altar, there was a place where there was still all the extra blood and that's where he poured the rest of the blood. Okay? Why, why was he sprinkling the blood in all those Okay. So Robert wants to know, why did he sprinkle blood in these three places? The blood in the Aron Kodesh, we have blood on the Parochas, between the Holy and Holy of Holies, and we have blood on the Golden Altar. Yes? Of the incense. So, it explains, each one of these uh, sprinklings was in order to atone for, look, I'll read the next verse. <laughs> I'll of you, V'kila, the very next verse. V'kila, nechaper es HaKodesh. When he sprinkled these bloods, he finished then to atone for the Kodesh. What is it over here, the Kodesh? It means the Holy of Holies. In case there may have been some defilement, some by mistake, someone went to the Holy of Holies during the course of the year, something unholy went there, whatever happened, and somehow made unholy the Kodesh Kodashim, this sprinkling of blood inside the Kodesh Kodashim atoned for any impurity that might have happened there. The Ohel Mohed, I'm reading the verse. The Ohel Mohed, which is the tent of meeting, meaning the room that had the menorah, the Mizbeach, and the Shulchan, that if anyone had done anything unholy or impure in that room, the sprinkling of the blood on the curtain of that room should atone for any impurity that may have happened in that room in the course of the year. The Es HaMizbeach, for the Mizbeach. If anything had been brought onto the altar in the state of impurity, in the state of mistake, etc., the sprinkling of the blood would atone for the Mizbeach, for the altar. That's, uh, so this would be an atonement from now. Where's the words? The tiharoi, the kitshoi. The tiharoi, the means 
he purified it from what had happened in the past. The Kitsha, he sanctified it for the future. So in answer to your question, in short, I'm, I'm very long today. I think I need more coffee. But in answer to your question, why did he sprinkle blood in these three places? The Torah explicitly tells us he was He was both purifying for anything that had done wrong in these three places, in the Kodesh, meaning the Kodesh Kodashim, the Ohel Mo, the Tent of Meeting, and the Mizbeach, Vitiharoi to the other way around. And he was purifying it for the future that it should be a holy place to atone for the Jewish people. Got it? Okay, what was the next part of the Yom Kippur service? Next part of the Yom Kippur service was he would take the goat that was going to the Azazel. We mentioned this briefly yesterday, but now is the proper time to talk about it. He took the goat that went to the Azazel and he would make a third confession on this goat. This was a confession for the entire Jewish community. Again, when he finished the confession, he would say the name of God and everyone that would hear it would fall on their faces and bow down before Hashem. He would then say this atonement, this, this vidur, this confession, and then there would be a specially designated priest, I think I mentioned this yesterday, who would be waiting to take this animal, this goat, to the cliffs of the Azazel. There were mountains, rocks, outside of the city of Jerusalem. In fact, the word Azazel means oiz and kale, both expressions of strength. They were very, very strong rocks. So when you throw the animal into rocks, they're very hard rocks, the animal will die immediately. It would die before they even fell all the way down, it was already dead. Now, as I, I, basically, there was a whole system. The Koyin Gadol was not allowed to continue the divine service in the base of Megdash until the animal had actually been brought to the cliffs of the Azaza. So they had a whole, excuse me, a whole system in place. There was, I, I remember the Mishnah says like there was nine uh, sukkahs, I think, or twelve. There was different stations set up outside Yerushalayim. It was out of the tomb, they couldn't travel. And those they didn't have like, you know, WhatsApp, send them WhatsApp, okay, you know, you send your location on WhatsApp, we, we reached Azaza, we're good, we can continue the service. So what did they do? They had waiting on stages, on platforms, in sukkahs, in little huts, you know, erected. Every, I don't remember how many uh, amos, one from the other, 2,000 amos or whatever it was. And when he would come, the Kohen would come to the cliffs of the Azazel, they would wave a big scarf. And then the one in the first hut, or the first sukkah, would see, and he would wave his scarf. And then the one in the second scarf would wave his, the second uh, sukkah would wave his scarf, his flag. And the one in the third would wave their flag. Until it went all the way back to the base of Mikdash, to the gates of Shalayim. That they, from, from the base of Mikdash, you can already see by the gates of Shalayim that the animal had come to the Azazah. Now, they mentioned that there was, used to be a string inside the Mishka. There was, uh, I said yesterday, they tied a red string around the horns of this goat that went to the Azazah. Half of the string was tied around, a red string was tied around the goat, and half of the string was tied around. The, uh, was, was hanging in the, in the Mishkan, in the Mikdash. And when the animal would die, as an atonement, the red streak would turn white, because white is the color of purity. But in the time of the second place of Mikdash, when the Jews were no longer deserving of atonement, and the string was not turning white, the Jews were very disappointed. <laughs> they felt down, they felt like their chuba hadn't been accepted, they felt depressed. So therefore, they stopped hanging up the red string in the Mishkan, Mikdash, where people could see. Instead, half the string would be on the horns of the goat, and half the string would be on the horn, on the rocks of the cliff. Before they would throw down the animal, they would tie the other half onto the rocks, because when the animal fell down, you couldn't see the string. Maybe it you know, was lying on top of its head. 
So there would be a second string in there, the Kohen could see if it turned red or turned white or not, but the rest of the Jews were not able to see. Okay, got it? Now, what happened next after that? Continuing along, taking a long time today. What was the next thing to happen? After the Kohen Gadol saw that the goat went to the Azazel, he would now bring the fats of these animals, his bull and the goat, of the sin offering on the Mizbeach, like and the other animals offered to Hashem to be burnt on the altar. And after it was burnt on the altar, he would do the Torah reading. So as we read the Torah, the Kayin Gadol himself will bring a Torah onto a platform in the courtyard of the Beis Mikdash, and there he would read from our parsha, the sixth parsha, exactly what we're discussing now. The verses in Acharemos; those are the verses that the Kohen Gadol would read, um, and then he would read them uh, Mafter from Parshas Pinchas. Exactly what we would read on Yom Kippur is what he would read then, and then he would uh, bring. The, then he would go bring the carbon Musaf. Um, he would go change his clothing. He would go to the mikvah, take off the white mm-hmm. clothing, go to, put on the gold clothing, and now he would do the Musaf offering. I mentioned to you yesterday there's different opinions. When the Musaf offering was brought, I see, I learned later, Rashi says clearly that the Musaf was brought later in the day, not in the early morning. The Musaf was brought later. Um, according to the Magic and other opinions, there was one he goat that was left over that's mentioned in the verse separately from the other animals of the Musaf offering that was offered then. So either he brought all the seven animals of the Musaf offering then, or just one goat, and then he brought the rams of his own and of his people. So in addition to the Musaf offerings, he brought another ram as a sacrifice, and then he would burn all the organs, he would do the, uh, and then he would go back to the mikvah again. Why would he go back to the mikvah? Put on the white clothing for one purpose and one purpose only. What was that? To remove, to remove the blood, the, 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 the spoon and the pan inside the Kodesh Kodesh. When he brought the incense in, he put down the pan on the altar. Remember we said the whole thing filled with smoke. He didn't take the pan out with him. He left the pan with the incense and the coals making smoke inside Kedush Kedashim. So the Kedashim was doing that, he left it there. So now he went back to the mikvah, and he went back into white clothing for one, pers- one purpose, to clean up his mess. To go take the, uh, the pan out of the uh, Kedush Kedashim, took the pan out, and then he went back to the mikvah again, and then he came back into his gold clothing, and he did the rest of the service of the day, which included, according to Rashi, the last goat of the Muslim offerings, and the, um, the Haktaras Haktaras, bringing the daily incense, besides for what he did inside the Holy of Holies, every day, he would burn incense on the golden altar in the regular Kodesh. He did that. And he would bring his daily Mincha offering, the Minchas Chavit, and he would bring in the morning and the afternoon. He would light the menorah, and he would bring the carbon Tamid of the afternoon. The last offering was the Tamid of the af- afternoon. And then, after he finished that, he would go back to the mikvah one last time, he would change, and he would put away the linen clothing, he could never wear them again, and then he would put on his regular weekday clothing, his regular private clothing, and he would leave to go home. When the Kayin Gadol would leave to go home, this was a tremendous celebration amongst all of the people of the entire uh, community. They would come out to see him, and the face of the Kayin Gadol was glowing and shining in the most beautiful, beautiful way. And um, 
he would give blessings. And Yom Kippur described how his face would glow like a firmament. Beautiful stuff. Anyway, he would go home and that's it. Let's finish off. So the Torah. On this, this is a Torah. It will be a day of atonement for you from all of your sins. Before Hashem, you will be purified. Shabbos, Shabbos, This day of Yom Kippur is a Shabbos of all Shabboses. The most special of all Shabboses. Today, I want you will afflict your souls. What does it mean to afflict your souls? Not to eat, not to drink, not to wear shoes, not to uh, put on perfume or makeup, not to have any um, uh, intercourse, marital relations with our spouses. And on that day, we will be atoned. Achas Bashan is the one day of the year. It'll be our day of atonement for anything that we have done, exactly as Hashem commanded Moshe. Okay? That's the story. Did he, did he finish his uh, service when we do here? The day was over or before the day was over? No, before the day was over. Finish before.